Good afternoon, everybody. It's not on the program, but my job today, I need to tell you, is to do a really boring academic talk. This is to make you appreciate the rest of the speakers who have been so fantastic. <laughs> it's especially to make Solly Philando look good. <laughs> and it's to prove Ken Robinson entirely right. <laughs> That's what you're going to get. And if there are any members of this class who want to walk out, as they so often do, please do so in a quiet and orderly manner. <laughs> My story today is really about a whole system, higher education system, that is struggling with change, and about one human face in it. We're all here today because we are concerned about schooling. But because of my vantage point, I want to add higher education into that category of concern. My reason for that is that higher education is vital to a positive future for South Africa, but it is not fulfilling its central obligation to our society. That is, to educate the right numbers and the right kinds of graduates to lead our development. And why is that? Because two decades into democracy, our higher education sector has not yet come to terms with our realities, with the realities of our inequalities or our developing country education system. So, it has to be said, it is not yet serving the majority in the country. But there is cause for hope, because this problem is attributable more to habits of mind and anxiety about change than it is to insoluble problems. Uh, and that means we can deal creatively with reality. So many of the solutions are in our hands. Uh, I want to look at what higher education should be delivering to the country. There are three big things that society needs from higher education. Research, creating knowledge, social engagement, doing good with that knowledge, and teaching. Disseminating knowledge, particularly to produce good graduates in the right numbers and mix. In our developing country setup, of all of those critical things, in my view, our educational mission should be the core of our core business. Because we can't progress, even though life is much more than heads and talking heads, we will not be able to make certain kinds of progress without good graduates. Good graduates get jobs, they create jobs, and we need to rely on them for some critical elements of our progress. So higher education is crucial, how well is it doing? First, we need to know that our higher education system is small. Only 13% of our youth gain access to it. It's about half the rate in Brazil or Egypt. And the racial inequalities remain huge. White participation rates are four times as much as black. So less than 10% of our black youth are getting in. This is important to know because these numbers tell us that the students we are getting into higher education are the cream in terms of achievement. And it's crucial for them to do well. 
So how well are they doing? Unfortunately, our system is rife with failure and dropout. Here's some key facts. Of all the students coming into higher education every year, half will never graduate. Black graduation rates in degree programs are half those of whites. That's where we need growth. And the worst figure of all for me is that less than 5% of our black youth are succeeding in any form of higher education. So losing half our talent in our environment of scarce skills is unsustainable and potentially disastrous for the country. And why should it be happening? We cannot blame this on the students. This is the cream. Our students are our top achievers. They must have the potential to succeed. So here we have the difficult truth that higher education has not come to terms with the educational needs of the large majority of our students, especially those from disadvantaged socioeconomic backgrounds. So we have to say that higher education is failing the majority, literally and figuratively. Now many of my academic colleagues would point to the school system and say, there's the fundamental part of the problem. And of course they are right. But every analysis we see these days, virtually, tells us that improvement in the school system of the kind that we would need to keep to business as usual in higher education is simply not on the horizon. So the message we have to take is that our students are the ones we have. They are the best achievers. They have high potential to succeed. And we as the universities, wherever the effects of their schooling, have a responsibility to enable them to realize their potential. So what can be done? Firstly, we need to understand the nature of the problem. The underlying problem in this has to be systemic. The scale of failure in our setup cannot be brought down to the level of individuals. We cannot, as many of my colleagues like to do, blame the students. It's not about individuals. It's about structural effects that are embedded in our system. And in short, there is a mismatch between the way we do things and the prior learning our students bring with them, not a lack of ability to be educated. So what we can say is that our system, systemic faults are in fact blocking this translation of talent into achievement. I want to look at a key example of this in the time that's available to me. It is the structure of our curricula. That sounds frightfully boring, but actually the structure of the curricula deal with fundamentals like what we expect our students to know and to be able to do when they come in. Very, very important. It's powerful because it sets up the frame for everything we do in higher education. And we often take them for granted. Now, I don't think many people know that our higher education structures our inherited structures came to us nearly a century ago. And in spite of the profound changes that have happened over that period, they have scarcely changed. So is it a surprise that they should no longer be valid for the majority of our students? What we can see most clearly is that the gap between school and university has reached unmanageable proportions. 
The indicators of this include that our first-year failure rates remain huge. We lose 30% of the small number of students in year one. And if you look at the numbers of people who graduate in the appropriate time, three years for a three-year degree, under 30% of all, and under 15% for black students, which again is where the growth needs to come from. And of course our best indicator is the overall dropout rate, losing more than half of our students. So at this point I finally want to put a human face onto this. Um, and I want to read you this little account of a student. Her name is Anna. Anna, a gifted student from a township school, who's always been top of her class, comes to an established university to do science. After two weeks, she's struggling in maths because the course assumes a sound knowledge of calculus, but at school, she was taught it only by rote, if at all. By the end of the first quarter, she's too far behind to catch up. She's bewildered and angry. She appears and feels incapable. Statistically, she has only a 25% probability of completing her degree, even though she is in the top four or five percentiles of her group. Now think about this. Anna came to the university as a star student, justifiably full of excitement, with the pride of her community behind her. Imagine the effect of her returning as a failure. And now multiply that face by tens of thousands, and you will get the picture of the students who are lost to higher education from every year's intake. How on earth can we allow this to happen? Are there alternatives? Well, yes, from my field, academic development, which has had over 30 years of experience uh, in, in our country, we know that there are alternatives that work. What Anna needed was not remedial education or being challenged in this impossible way with things that she had never learnt, but she needed well-designed education that built on her strengths and recognised her as a person. Given those conditions, Anna would shine and she would show herself up as the gifted student that she really is. There are people in this auditorium today who do this every day. And many thousands of students over the years have been able to benefit from taking a realistic account of where they are and developing well-designed education. But our kind of work, academic development, can reach only a minority in the country. Maybe 15%, when you can see very clearly from the figures that it's the majority that need uh, different kind of ways of working. So our traditional curriculum, in short, our framework doesn't work. Why on earth do we persist with it? So what can be done? Well, there are some big things that can make a difference. I want to focus on just one today, and that is these structures we've been talking about. A big thing that would make a big difference. We can fix these structures. It is within our control. We can create flexible curriculum structures that will enable students to develop the foundations they need for success. Is it not ironical, with all of the effort that is going in, that our system is actually blocking the students from developing what they need to succeed? 
We can do this, by the way, without lowering standards. We would not change our exit standards. And it's also affordable if we were able to save some of the estimated, listen to the figure, 4 billion rand that is wasted on unfulfilled subsidy every year. 4 billion. If we could do this, the annas of this world would no longer appear or feel incapable, and they would double their chances of succeeding. Colleagues, there are many other things that can be done, including our attitudes towards teaching, how we balance teaching and research, and these things are very difficult in higher education because they go into deep culture, and they deal with tensions, particularly the tension between participating in the international world of scholarship with all its rewards, but essentially, and my parting message is this, that what we have to be able to do above all else is to confront realities. We must focus on what is rather than what ought to be. And for the first time in our history, our universities have many of the most talented people from every group in the country, so it's up to us to do them justice. And as the drums roll, I leave you, colleagues, with this thought. Thank you very much. <clears throat>